Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel, and we're going to be talking about some Galfware in the outright markets. It has been very good to us. If we're talking about last week, the 50 to num one number that we ended up getting, both in this video that we did last week, we kind of go over the DFS, but also the betting totals and the outrights that I currently have. I post my final betting card usually right before the event starts on either Thursday or Wednesday. So we got Morikawa, 50 to one, bam. We ended up getting Max Home the week before, 60 to one, bam. Then we got Brooks, 50 to one on Super Bowl Sunday. So it's been a very nice three out of the last four weeks in the outright right market it's translated definitely from a dfs standpoint having that new optimizer last week now on patreon you can check it out down below to play with has been a major major help in identifying single entry and three max lineups and obviously sorting and playing through my 150 max lineups. so that has been a whole lot of fun now we head over to bay hill bay hill where there's just been international winners all the time i think it's been four four i think five of the last all the last five years has been an international winner hatton won last year hatton's won multiple times in the last six months not on the pga tour so you might not be seeing that it's i don't think it's being fully reflected in the odds market opening in some spots 20 to 1 this week. Hatton is your defending champ from last year here at this Arnold Palmer, the API Invitational. So it's going to be an interesting event to go through. So what we do here on this channel, if you're brand new or if you're just returning, we're going to be going through each salary range early on, just based on some early projections that I'm doing. I have all my projections, ranks, ownership, an optimizer, lots of stuff you can check out on my Patreon down below. The goal of that Patreon is to reduce your research time, increase your chances of winning, packaging together an optimizer and tools in one spot for an industry low price. All the value, bam, 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 hit you with the value from every single angle, smack you with the information right here. So we're going to go through every single price range. I'll call out any bets that I've currently made right now as it stands at 3.30-ish in the afternoon on Monday. And then any additional bets that I make, we can talk about on maybe Wednesday's live stream for golf that we'll be doing around noon Eastern time. We could also, you could see just on my Twitter, at SalvageDFS. So you can check all those things out. Like, subscribe, do those things. Let me know any feedback that you have on the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a review. If you're watching on the podcast version, whatever it might be. So let's start off with the 10K plus range. And you'll see that I have a known. There's only one known. It's Rory McIlroy. And it can be something that he gained strokes in every single spot last week. We actually saw him have a very nice week. He had a big Saturday that kind of put him in contention heading into Sunday, ended up finishing sixth overall, gained over 10 strokes. This was probably the best performance that we've seen of him since the Masters. Everything was clicking for him. Now, the approach play has still not been fantastic, and that's a concern for him now at this top dollar price point of 11500 He's been fantastic here. Top six finishes in each of his last four years, including being one of those European players that ended up winning back in 2018. So Rory all the way up top, it's fine. I actually think that it makes a lot of sense to pair up two of these 10K plus players this week. If you want to get to Rory, there's enough guys in the seven and six carries that I actually have a lot of interest in. We could talk about them in just a moment. So what we're doing is we're playing at Bay Hill to par 72. It's closer to 7,500 yards than 7,400. It's like 7,460 yards this week. So driver off the tee plate, that's going to come into effect. Okay. Well, that's really good for Rory, right? But also your long irons are going to come into play, which has been something that's been a little bit off for Rory. Now, last week he gained 1.8 strokes with his approach play in general, but that's been like the best we've seen out of those irons in a pretty long time, which is your main concern. He can't get super hot with them. If he does, he's going to start to play well. He actually putted last week, which is not something we've seen all that much out of him as of late. So all the way up top, he's nine to one. He ended up being not a co-favorite in this event, but he's the actual odds on favor right now. Hovland is right now 12 to one. This is DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Bryson basically 12, 12 and a half to one up here. Hatton is 18 and Brooks is 18. Hatton I ended up getting as my first bet of the week. I got him at a 20 to one number on another site. So we can get to Hatton in a second, but my two favorite plays, we can talk about my two favorite plays and another guy in this range. And we won't spend as much time in every single range, but there's only like five guys in this 10K plus range. So to start off with Bryson, Bryson is a very interesting cat. So if you know Rick Rungood, Rick Gaiman, he ended up putting out there that I think Bryson ended up last week finishing ninth overall in DraftKings scoring, even though he finished 22nd overall. Now, where did he end up losing strokes? Well, it's kind of some stuff leaking with the irons here and there. His iron play and his iron stats are usually pretty weird because his off the tee play is so well that he's usually like clubbing down. Half the time he's like using wedges as his iron and it's a little bit of a different thing, right? It's not all the time his iron play. So it's around the green, the approach I can kind of get mixed up a little bit, but yeah, he's been fine here as well, finishing fourth last year. He's $11,000, which I think you get a nice price discount on a DraftKings perspective. Betting market, it's still 12 to 
21, 14 to 1. Still a little bit too short for me. But the off the tee play came back after not being great at the Genesis. He missed the cut with that off the tee with his driver. It looked good. And these are the spots where it's going to benefit him, these longer courses. I mean, API, we can compare pretty similarly, I would say, to WGC last week, right? These are the 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 concessions course in Florida. Last week is where they ended up playing, more cow winning. We can compare them in terms of their distance and what's going to be needed. Now a par 72, Bryson can take advantage of this in a major way in terms of his distance being a benefit to him. And he's a scorer, right? He's a big scorer here. He's obviously leading the field and off the tee play distance. And that's scoring, right? Finishing ninth in DraftKings, scoring 22nd overall because of what he can do with the putter, gaining four strokes there, picking up some eagle opportunities because of what he can do with the big stick. That when he ends up getting you with a maybe a double bogey here and he's out of play or maybe he hits you a bogey here, he's making up for it from those eagles, right? He's making up for it from those birdie streaks. So Bryson is in play for me at 11,000. I prefer him over Rory this week. The second guy that I like the most in this range is the guy that I already put an outright number on in the betting markets, right? 20 to one right now, Mr. Tyrell Hatton. So Tyrell Hatton, he's not going to look as good of a play as maybe you think he is or as maybe even the odds are saying like 20 to one is a crazy number for a guy that I arguably could think could be 10 to one in this field. I can arguably think could be the favorite in this field. Now WGC, he loses six and a half strokes around the green. Wasn't great. But the last time you've seen him was back in November. But since then, he's been winning on the European tour. He's been winning overseas. He's won twice in the last five months overseas right now. So this has been a very good player. And this is a guy who's finishing top 10 at the Houston Open, finishing third overall at the CJ Cup. He's coming off of a win last year here at the API, finishing highly in some other categories as well. Uh, when we saw him last time, right after RBC finished third, he was leading on Sunday. Last year, after the API, Rocket Morgan, he finished top five. So he's been playing a very great last year of golf, kind of underrated because of how much he plays overseas. And now he's coming in as like the fifth, like he's right there with Patrick Reed. There's some other guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick with similar odds to him at this point. I think that's a pretty big mistake, especially because how he's playing as of late. His off the tee, it's fine here. Now he's not going to be the greatest off the tee player. You don't think about distance when you think about Tyra Hatton. And that's going to be a big difference from like my interest in Bryson and Hatton. They're kind of different players here, but it's just the approach play, right? The approach play has been clicking more than ever. 4.6 strokes gained last week when we actually had a measured round now on the PGA Tour at the WGC event. The putter was clicking. He blew up around the green and he still finished 22nd, right? He ended up losing six and a half strokes around the green, but I'm really, really trying to click in here on the long irons from him. And also what I think we're getting a nice price discount at $10,000 flat. So I like targeting two guys in this range. Hatton and Bryson are the guys that stand out the most to me right away, but it's really hard to not at least mention what Victor Hovland, if people weren't paying attention, did last week. He had one round where he absolutely blew up, just absolutely blows up to start that contest off over on Thursday last week. And then he just fights back. He finishes second overall. He gains 11.4 strokes TD green, blew the competition out of the water by multiple total strokes, gaining TD green, gains 13.3 strokes total in that event. I mean, if he just did anything decent, almost nine strokes on approach, five strokes off the tee. He putted, right? His putter has been very good. Like the around the green is still shaky, but his putter has been very good over the last year, which was his biggest fault back in the day, if you will, like a year ago at this point. So Hovland might maybe be like a, I think that he could be a sexy option, maybe not in the betting markets, but somebody that people want to run right back to in DFS. Maybe once they see the price, they stay away from him. He's kind of a one and done candidate for me because he's going to set up nicely yet again here from a ball striking standpoint, from an overall strokes gain standpoint, he leads this field number one in this field over the last 50 rounds. So he's been great. I mean, what you've seen out of him this year is a second, a fifth, and a second. The guy competes. There's some question marks about can he compete down the stretch and things like that. But at 10,600, I'm okay to get there. It's just going to come down to ownership. Like if people don't go back to Bryson, right? I'm going to just go right there. I think this sets up great. If people don't give Hatton the respect that I think he deserves and goes to Patrick Reed or, or I mean, even Pat Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,800, which I, I mean, I don't know why you're going to be doing that personally. So that's where I'd rank it right now. It, right now, my interests are Hatton, Bryson, Hovland, Reed, Rory in that order in this 10K plus range. Hovland will start to move up a little bit more depending on what his ownership is compared to others. The 9K range now, and as we get to the 9K range, I'll let you know the sponsor of this show is Superdraft. So what Superdraft is, is a multiplier format. So you'll get guys with like a 1.2x multiplier. And what that means is if they score 50 points, you then actually multiply it by 1.2x. But the really big selling point here, their unique position right now is overlay. They just sent out an email yesterday on Sunday of my recording this about overlay and why it's a benefit. So basically the contests 
aren't filling over there. So it should be really where your first dollars are going if you want the best chance at winning. What it basically means is if there's 10 people in a contest and only seven people end up filling that contest, three are not in there, the site has to pay that amount back. So Superdraft is basically paying for the rest of the contest to get filled. So you're facing less people for the same amount of money since it's a guaranteed prize pool, GPP. That's a fantastic spot to be. In other words, if you know, like when you play on DraftKings, when the contest starts, it says, oh, you're winning like $7.77 if it was like a $10 buy-in. So you're actually starting off losing money because of the rake, because of the company's cut on that, right? Because of the rate that you're ending up losing. But on Superdraft, you'll notice when these contests don't fill that it'll say like you're winning, let's just say if it's a $10 buy-in, winning like $12.50. You're actually starting out winning and you can only go to losing. And DraftKings, you're starting out losing because there's so much people in the field, the competition and the contest and the site is taking their money. Like DraftKings is taking their rake from it, 20% to maybe sometimes 23%. So that's where the major difference is, right? There's a major difference. Like Superdraft sometimes is losing like 10, 15% on some of these contests. So it's like negative 10% for them, right? When in DraftKings, they're, they're profiting plus 15, plus 20%. So it's a major difference right now as to why your money should be going over there first because just logistically and mathematically speaking that is by far the best spot to be putting your dollars right now if you want to have return on investment so check it out it's linked down below the promo code sal any questions you have you could ask us in our patreon discord you could ask me just in the comments down below over on twitter promo code sal sal gets you a free money bonus up to 500 that is 500 ruskies let them know you came for me with that code sal sal the 9k range down i'm gonna let you know that there's one guy in this range that i actually do enjoy and, and, and i'm going to be getting to some and i want to be playing but for the most part i don't like this range that's why i like to kind of pair up two of the guys in the 10k plus range and i think it makes a lot of sense to do that this week so to recap that 10k range from a betting perspective i do have right now a hovland or i do have a a hat in 20 to 1 number as we go down this 9k range look fitzpatrick he's been playing fine he's safe i always question the upside on him right the putter you know it's going to be there it's not something i'm really looking to sunjay at this point where he's currently priced if we were going to get like a 92 or nine thousand dollar flat price point at sunjay i would go there he's normally somebody who picks up some ownership right he was fine here the last two years he's finished t3 so he's been fine here historically he actually had a chance to win this event last year i mean both years but also last year he's right there the ball striking you know is going to be fine the off the tee is where he really starts to come into play a little bit so he's going to be the first guy that stands out to me in the nine range he's probably my second favorite option factoring in the price point in this nine range lately the off the tee play has been clicking 3.8 strokes 4.4 strokes over his last two events at the wgc finishing 28th last week and waste management the concern is his iron play the long iron play especially he's been losing strokes and leaking strokes there hasn't been like consistent it's just been two events at this point so i'm going to track that still but he's in play for me hideki price point coming up a little bit i, I still don't want to get there he actually he didn't putt he didn't gain strokes because he never does but he only lost like a half a stroke last week and he still didn't even finish top 20 so much has to go for right, right for him to maybe not pay off this price tag but to really really take you to a gpp win right so much has to go right for him to finish top five to win an event at this point jordan spieth making his debut at this bay hill right here he hasn't been playing here ever this is the first time that he's going to be here i know that he's trending in the right direction three straight top 15s two top 10s in there with opportunities to win and leading going into sunday i get it people can go to him if they want to uh, we actually saw the approach play fall backwards which was the thing that was really clicking him into the top 10 we saw it fall backwards last time out if we can continuously do this we've seen this in the past right since the last time he won years back three years ago uh, at this point three and a half years ago we've seen like every year he puts on these two or three events usually it's right around the at&t pro-am but he puts on these two three events where he just goes off he finishes maybe top 10 or top 20 and people start to see life back into him and this might be actually happening for real at this point but i'll probably stay away as i expect some rising ownership to get to there but the second guy that i like right now and the second bet that i currently have in and it's one that i normally we haven't seen him he play here in three years but it's one that i normally probably end up regretting but paul casey's been playing well overseas at the at&t pro-am we saw a top five finish we saw a top 10 at these rotating courses the amex he finished eighth overall 
everything has been clicking. He's been gaining strokes everywhere. He gained strokes every single place at the AT&T Pro-Am. At the AMAX, he gained six and a half strokes on approach. He's gained 13 strokes the last time we saw him at AT&T overseas. Um, I believe it was Saudi. He ended up playing pretty well over there as well. So Paul Casey, for me, I ended up snagging. I believe it was an opening 28 to one number on him. So that is the two bets that I currently have in place. He's my favorite guy in the 9K range. I think the price point's a little bit too cheap. He's going to grade it as a really nice value option. If you want to talk about off the tee, if you want to talk about ball striking, those are things that really click. I think Sanjay might be a better off the tee player than Paul Casey, but when you factor in the iron play, it's probably not close. It's going to be Paul Casey and you're getting that discount on him. So Paul Casey has the ability to absolutely erupt. He's not a great putter. He's not great around the green. That's where Sanjay's a little bit better. He's a better scorer from a putting standpoint, more consistency. So you can say that's why the price point is going to be there, but Paul Casey at $9,100 is where I'm going in this range. It's a smaller range than it was last week, right? You're getting it a little bit more balanced out, a lot more 7K options this week, but I just like going up to that night, that 10K plus range and getting two options this week. This is a hollow 9K range. I think that it lacks some upside, obviously a lot of inconsistencies. Normally in your 9K range, you feel comfortable about your guys making the cut. I mean, I would say I feel comfortable about Sunjay and Fitzpatrick making the cut, but I don't feel comfortable about the upside of Fitzpatrick. So Sunjay for me, Paul Casey, really my only interest here outside of that, maybe a, a Jason Day who's withdrawn back-to-back years at this event. We are now into the 8K range, which is a little bit bigger and actually has some more opportunities in, in some of my favorite plays. So this is why I like going to the 10K range for two guys and snag one of the 8K range, right? It's not as beneficial to get like two guys in the 9K range or one there. Honestly, if you wanted to come to the 8K range and go with three guys and build a pretty balanced and pretty unique approach, I have some other bets down in this range that I'm currently on right now and some guys that I actually do like. The numbers aren't the greatest. I thought we might get a little bit longer, but it seems like the odds in this like 30 to 1 range, instead of them quickly jumping to like 60 to 1, it seems like they're all pretty much staying consistent, like right in that 30 to 1, 40 to 1 range. Not a lot of guys are spiking up all that much. A couple of 50 to 1 numbers that look appealing, but to start it off in this range, I'll go with Francisco Molinari, who had a couple of nice back to back weeks. And honestly, since the restart, I mean, it's been the best Molinari that we've seen in a pretty long time. You're getting him at $8,700. He's a yes for me. He won this event. One of those other Europeans overseas players that I discussed, Hatton, Molinari, Rory, the last three years. He did not play here last year, but Molinari, you're seeing some nice stuff. The last time that we ended up seeing him, the Genesis finished eighth overall, top 10. He ended up gaining strokes everywhere. The putter was actually clicking. The time before that was when everybody was on him at the AT&T because he was trending. He had two top 10 finishes. He now has three out of his last four events. This season, top 10 finishes. Everything is clicking. What happened at the AT&T Pro-Am? I mean, the off the tee game, it just absolutely leaked and fell apart. His off the tee game is not going to be something that's fantastic. If you're looking at last 50 rounds, not great. Look at the last five rounds. It's going to start to get a little bit better. But he's not elite from that standpoint. It's just a little bit. I mean, honestly, he's probably appropriately priced. Maybe a yes is a little bit aggressive here on him. So I'm going to be putting Molinari as let's just let's put him to a maybe compared to guys around him. A yes might be a little bit aggressive for what the upside is to his overall ball striking compared to the guy right next to him at $8,600 Wills Outdoors. But Molinari is somebody that's close to potentially being a bet for me. I don't currently have a bet in on him. I don't like the 30 to one numbers. There's some 35 still out there. I was hoping to get like a 40 or 45 to one, to be honest with you. But my third bet of the week is the next guy up and that is Wills Outdoors, somebody that actually like a good amount this week. So currently Wills Outdoors at $8,600. I prefer him to Molinari and DraftKings. Obviously, since I bet on him, I prefer him right now. I got a Wills Outdoors 55 to one number. I'm looking at it right now in DraftKings Sportsbook at 50 to one. So 55 to one number on Wills Outdoors is my third bet. This is his debut here, but he sets up nicely for the course, right? You're just looking at distance here. So you're looking at what you can get from an off the tee player, arguably a top 15 player in this field from off the tee. When you factor in the approach of ball striking, arguably, I mean, top five, definitely, I would say a top 10 player when it comes to his irons. And you're getting everything to click lately, right? The last time you saw him, he didn't play well. He finished 22nd at the WGC in a field with like 73 golfers. And it was pretty impressive that he finished 22nd because he lost five strokes putting, but he gained off the tee three strokes at a similar course to what you're going to be seeing this week in terms of distance and the skill sets that are needed. 
He gained on approach for strokes. He just pretty much gains on approach every single week. So if you're looking at guys in this range, it's a strong range from Molinari down to Sam Burns. Interest in all of them. Zaltors is probably going to end up being one of my two favorite options in this range. He is my third bet on the week. He is one of my two favorite options in the 8K range. Next guy at Max Home is somebody we've seen win, continues to play well. Nothing against him. If you want to go right back to him, he, he, we saw him here make a debut last year, finished 24th. We saw him get the win. We had a piece of that two weeks ago at 60 to 1 overall. We had him in DFS. 8,500. His price is basically not changing at this point. I think that he could actually be a little bit more expensive. I think that Homa should probably be more expensive at this point than Molinari, Zalatoris, Louis. He should probably be at the top of this 8K range, if not $9,000 flat, based on who else is in this field. So Homa probably closer to a yes to me than Molinari, but my it's it's like 1A, 1B between Sam Burns and Will Zalatoris. Sam Burns is going to be my fourth bet this week. The way that Sam Burns is playing is just really impressive. Got a 50 to 1 number on Sam Burns right now. And it's really hard to not at least, or it's really hard to ignore it because everything clicks. Like this guy should be a $9,000 plus golfer. He should be winning events. He finished third at the Genesis. He was up there for a while. The approach play clicking, 6.8 strokes gained there. If you're looking at his last 50 rounds, he's third overall in this field in strokes gained total. He's top 10 in tee to green and everywhere just starts to click. The putter, when you can actually pair up, it's like a Bryson, right? When you have, I mean, a mini Bryson, nowhere near the same distance, but when you have a guy who's very strong off the tee and gains strokes pretty consistently off the tee, but then also puts at a above average and almost an elite level with Sam Burns ranking 12th in this field in putting. His main issue is his around the green play. If he wasn't catastrophic or blow up rounds around the green, like at the waste management, he loses five strokes around the green and still finishes 22nd. Like that's how good this guy's game has been right now from just a putting standpoint, how much he has so many outs, right? It's the opposite of some other guys where you're hoping they putt and hoping their irons play. Those are the guys in the six and seven carries. You can rarely uh, hit on them. One of those things get right. They make the cut. Rarely do they both get right. Otherwise they'd be winning and not in that range. Sam Burns just has so many outs to his game. He doesn't rely fully on his approach play because if the approach play goes or the off the tee play goes like again at the waste management, loses two and a half or 2.8 strokes off the tee. He ends up gaining 10 strokes with the putter. He has that in his abilities, right? A lot of guys, you know, they're not going to do anything with the putter and you're hoping the ball strike is there. So when that doesn't go, they missed a the cut. They stink. They're not doing anything out there, but he has, he has everything, right? He has the putter, the irons, the driver, all that stuff normally is clicking for him. And it's like the wedge play. That's the thing that hurts. But if he loses the driver, he can still get you there in some other spots. So Sam Burns is probably at 8,400 factoring in the price has played here each of the last three years. Burns is probably my favorite player in this range. I would rank it Burns, Zalatoris, Homa, and Molinari. And then I'm not really interested in anything else in this range, considering how many other options you have right in the mid range. Leishman, he's pretty, looked he, he looked good for a couple weeks. And then we finally saw one contest and one event last week where you have to take out the driver and the big stick and he looked terrible off the tee just so bad so not something that i want to go back to in a similar event english hasn't looked good since he won so those are the four guys in the range those are my other bets right now it's zalatoris in the range of 50 to 1 and sam burns at 50 to 1 so those are my 8k to 10k plus ranges now let's go into the big 7k range where there's a lot of nice guys in the mid k the mid 7k range like cam davis up top you can get to him if you want he's playing consistently well if you told me that cam davis was 8400 this week or if like he was more expensive than louis and louis was 7900 i would just be like okay yeah they're both playing fine they're both having their their spike weeks obviously cam davis has basically been like almost every single week right up there and sometimes he just absolutely ejects himself from tournaments the approach play has been the stuff that really stands out right now at this point for cam davis so sure he's looking good that's great but the guys that i like to get to are right here 7700 and there's some guys even lower but 7700 both of them lanto and cameron tringali i like the way that their skill set set up here you're not going to have Lanto with a big stick, but just in terms of what he can do with the putter, in terms of what he's been doing lately with his approach play, ranking 13th overall in this field, top 10 with the putter. Can Tringali's going to set up in a similar aspect, probably a better iron player, probably a better overall ball striker, but he's not as good with the putter. But you put those two things kind of balance out with each other. I think they're both appropriately priced. Tringali has been as consistent as he's probably ever been. So this is what we've seen out of him so far this year. 56, not great, but makes the cut. 18th, 17th, 7th, and 26th is what we've seen out of him. The approach play is consistently getting better. 7.6 strokes 
strokes gain 4.2 gaining strokes every single event so far this year on approach the thing that will let him down like a lot of these types of players is their wedge play they can dial in their approach it's a little bit easier to get there right they can get consistent with their putter they can get in this groove and the wedge plays what gets a lot of these guys especially down here in this price range sometimes it's the putter but normally it's that wedge play in the 7k range that can get guys to just fall off a cliff it's similar with lanto right now between the two of these guys i would probably go to tringali just because i think he has a little bit more upside to his approach play which can kind of balance out having to use the wedge having to use that that short game the around the green a little bit more and just in general with this being a longer course i think tringali has the better longer irons here so i prefer tringali over lanto at the exact same price i mean i'm fine i like both of them they're both going to be a player pool for me right now tringali has the edge at 7700 the way that his irons are currently playing is great we know that he can putt as well lanto if you want to look at him the irons have been fine gaining 4.1 strokes and 5.7 in two of his last three events the around the green play will be something that does hamper him but the irons have been very hot lately which is nice to continue to see that but not as consistently or, or long-term consistent and sustainable as what we've seen at tringali so far all of his events this year and really just dating back now for most of his career as we get to this mid-range i have interest in lowry i have interest in hoffman hoffman's been playing well as of late some nice things you're seeing all around from his game uh, ian polter fine playing overseas we just saw him at puerto rico have a okay turnout nothing crazy i'm not dying for ian polter alex noren the last time we saw him probably the best that we've seen Alex Noren in, in quite some time now. But I'll go back to the well with Corey Connors, somebody who was really popular a couple of weeks back because he was massively underpriced in an event where he should have been way, 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 way higher priced. I mean, he ended up picking up in that event, I believe like 12% ownership. He was 19% owned at the waste management. He's been playing very well as of late, but he misses the cut on the number at Genesis. And he basically the putter. That's going to happen sometimes with Corey Connors. He loses three strokes with the putter. It's the worst that we've seen his putter since August. So I don't think it's broken. I think it was just one or two bad holes. And that's basically what happened. The approach play, the around the green, the tee green was just all kind of meh, but I mean, that's what happens when you're just barely missing the cut on the number. You don't have a great first two days, or really it was just one day that kind of catapults you down. And when it's only two rounds in that sample and not the whole four rounds because you didn't make the cut, it could really just be one or two holes. So I'm willing to give him a little bit of a hall pass on that terrible outing. Now, he's missed a cut in back-to-back -back years here, but he's been solid all the way around. He gained strokes in every single event dating back to mid-October. He's making the cuts in every single one of those events until he misses cut at the Genesis. He's been a lot more consistent of a player than you think about in the past of Corey Connors, and that's because he's really gotten his around the green play down, right? He used to be a guy that almost every other weeks losing like five strokes catapulting him out of tournaments you're hoping that he loses the five strokes on saturday or sunday so he actually makes the cut for you around the green now the around the green game's actually been pretty consistent and if anything he's like losing a half a stroke maybe he loses a stroke here or there but over his last like six seven eight contests he's not losing much around the green which is nice to see because we know how deadly he can be with his approach play and just in general with his ball striking when you factor in the driver so connor's in the lower 7k range is going to be my favorite option there's other guys norlander has been playing fine down here other guys down here that at least stand out benny on is probably somebody that just putter wise i could get away from so we're gonna go no there Mavic McNeely doesn't make much sense in my opinion either so Luke List those types of guys all the way at the bottom Wyndham Clark if you're looking for 7k flat but I'd rather dip into the 6k range so to repeat on the 7k range I don't currently have any bets in on any of these guys I would maybe put one in on Tringali if I had to in this price range Corey Connors maybe I assume we're going to be getting I haven't even looked that far down the, the board but I assume you start to get like a 150 to 1 number on some of these guys down here so Corey Connors and Tringali are both 100 to 1 I could probably stay away from that right now in some spots I'll look at some other books maybe you find 125 or 151 I would not doubt that at all but to the 7k range right now where it's looking for me is Cameron Changali Lonto, Connors, and Cam Davis, my favorite options. To the 6.9 to 6.5K range, there's some options below 6,500. We'll talk about them, but not much. I'm surprised to see Matthew Naismith in the 6K range. I mean, he's barely in the 6K range, right? It's not like he's $6,200, but at $6,900, he's been playing very well as of late. He's somebody else who he probably doesn't set up all that well for this course. He's not somebody that I'd expect to play well at this course, but we saw him play well at Genesis, which is not the exact same by any means as this course, but it's at least climbing a little bit. And the approach play has been what's clicking. He's another guy who was around the green play, similar to Connors. It's been improving. It's been improving this year specifically. And the approach 
display, 3.1, 5.6, 4.5, and 6.6 strokes gain. I mean, for anybody that does know, anything positive, anything above a negative is good. Now he's multiple strokes above that. Some weeks he's five or six strokes positive on his approach play. That's not a complete uh, reinvention of his game. He's always been solid on approach, but he's taking it to a new level. The irons are really dialed in in the last couple of events he's gaining with that off the tee. The off the tee play is something that you can say is, is, is maybe a little bit of a worry for him. Definitely the around the green the most, but the off the tee just in terms of his overall distance. But those have been things that are not that worrisome lately, at least when you're looking at a guy in the sixth carry range. Yes, he has the ability to absolutely erupt and just lose out completely for you when it comes to around the green. But we really haven't seen that all that much lately. If I had to price Matthew Naismith this week, I'd probably price him around like Corey Connors. I'd probably price him. I'd price Connors probably at like 7700 so I think he's on the price, maybe even $8,000. But I think that Matthew Naismith is a $7,400, $7,500 golfer, and he's in the sixth carry range. Like, I mean, just look at the guys around him. Zach Johnson, Matt Wallace, EVR, who hasn't been hasn't had much of a pulse at all in like the last six, seven, eight events that he's been in. Naismith is clearly above these guys in my opinion. So Naismith will be my top option in the 6K range. But another guy that you're going to be used to hearing and a couple guys in this range. But let's talk about Mr. Sebastian Munoz, who's still in this cheap range at 6,700 because look, he's just been as bad as it gets lately. But there was something that we got to see the last time that we just ended up seeing go out there, right? We got to see him at the WGC. He finished 22nd overall. Yes, he ended up losing some strokes with the putter and around the green. But this was the best Sebastian Munoz that we've seen this entire year. This takes you back to, I mean, the tournament champions, he was a fine option, 17, but it was a very, very small field event. But this takes you back to last year when he was finishing top 10 at the BMW and the Tour Championship, when he was actually competing and playing well at the Masters and the Zozo and the CJ Cup week in, week out, three weeks in a row. And then the entire game just blew up. He couldn't find his irons. He couldn't find his, his putters around the green play. Everything wasn't clicking. So like I said earlier, you couldn't rely on, okay, if one thing dips, nah, we got all these other things to t- catch you up, right? Like a Sam Burns. No, everything was falling apart. But we got to see something last week, right? We got to see the tee to green come back. He was fine with the off the tee play. He was a net neutral, but then he gained 4.9 strokes with the irons. The most that he gained that dating back to October with the Zozo Championship where he gained seven. So we saw some life out of Sebastian Munoz. So I'm going to be interested. He's going to be a yes for me down in this range. As long as we saw that life out of him, maybe that sparks some consistency and maybe we get this consistency now. Like if Sebastian Munoz does this again and he finishes 20th in this event as well, Munoz is going to start to be like a $7,500 golfer next week or at least up in that range. So I'm going to try and buy yet another buy low spot here on him at 6,700. One more guy down in this range and he's somebody that I've been chasing. I think Cam Percy, who who competed yet again last week overseas at the Puerto Rican Open, I think he's worth at least a mention. Not going to be a priority, but maybe like my fourth or fifth favorite option in this range. Some other guys down here, Harold Varner still at 6,800, but I'll just take Munoz since we've seen some approach life out of him. Uh, Varner, I still think is a fine option. John Hunt is down here. Nick Taylor, Percy, like we said, but Kyle Stanley is somebody that I've been tracking for a while now, just $6,500. I'm surprised the price point hasn't come up on Stanley. It seems pretty, pretty low in my opinion. You've just been getting consistency out of consistency out of him this year, a 32nd and 18th, a 36th, a 39th, and a 32nd. Now, none of those are fantastic, but when he's 6,500 and in his most expensive weeks, he's like 71 or $7,000 flat. I was surprised to see it drop this low here. He didn't play here last year, a cut of 14th and a 17th in the years before that. The approach play was the concern last week at the Genesis or two weeks ago. He lost three and a half strokes on that. The approach play before that gaining three, five, four, two. So we'll have to monitor that, but the price point's taking into account some of that risk. He's been playing very well. He's had some outs to his game. The putter and the around the green game clicked at the Genesis. The approach play was kind of lost. I don't expect that to continue. The off the key game has been relatively consistent as well. So Stanley is not my favorite. I would say that my favorite options in this range are going to be Matthew Naismith and Sebastian Munoz, but then Stanley after that will be slightly ahead of Cameron Percy, slightly ahead of guys like John Ha, and also like a Nick Taylor. So that's why I like in this range below 6,500 as we get into it. Again, I'll call out that Superdraft is indeed 
the sponsor of the show if you want to check them out. There is a lot of opportunity in golf specifically because a lot of these events, sometimes they start really early in the morning, right? Now we're back on the East Coast. Sometimes they're going to be starting very early. Like you might get some 5 a.m. starts, 6 a.m. starts. Even if they're starting at like 9 or 10, people forget to just play DFS there early, get their lineups in. Most of the time, these contests aren't filling in general for any sports on Superdraft, but for PGA specifically, sometimes they're only filling at like 60%. So you're automatically beating 40% of the field just by entering a lineup. That doesn't happen on DraftKings. That never happens. Every single contest fills over there. And if they don't, it's like one or two people don't get into a 10,000 person contest. Imagine playing in a contest where there's a thousand entries to be in it, or even if you just want to make it easier, a hundred, but a thousand entries and 400 people are in, aren't entering it. That's what some of these PGA contests have been the last couple of weeks. You're automatically beating almost half of the field just by entering a lineup. You have to get in. It's where you should be putting your first dollars right now before it becomes too, I would say, congested because it's nowhere near that right now. So down below, code SAL linked in the description. You can take that link over there. Use that code. It'll give you a nice deposit bonus and you'll get it in a slow drip format up to $500 rooskies. I'll say that CT Pan at $6,200 is the lowest that I would go for a golfer this week. But if I'm being honest, I'm probably not going to get there. I'm very big on getting to two $10,000 plus players this week because of the caliber of those guys. And then they drop off to the 9K range. I like a guy in, or maybe get one or guy in that 8K range range right sam burns stands out the most to me right now and then dip down to the lower sevens in that strong strong like mid six k range and upper six k range that i was talking about nobody else stands out ct pan if you really need to we saw some life last week he gained 5.8 strokes on approach that's the only reason why i'm calling his name out at 6200 seeing a guy with some recent iron play is nice to see he lost off the tee He's not a great off the tee player. He's not catastrophic there, but he's not somebody that I would rely on all that much. He gained 4.4 total strokes, the best we've seen out of him since the Masters, where he finished seventh. And you actually saw him get consistent with two of his things last week, right? He wasn't consistent around the green or off the tee, but he gained 5.8 strokes on approach and over three strokes with the putter. So it slowly started to come there, but still. 6200 if you're looking for one guy below that $6,500 Kyle Stanley price. CT Pan at 6200 would be my guy. Nobody else really in the range stands out. So that is where we are at right now with the API, Honorable Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Check it out. Hopefully you enjoyed. Like, subscribe, do those things. Check out the tools that we have to offer on Patreon. Now we have a lineup optimizer as well. Lots of stuff out over there. Any questions, just let me know. We'll be live at 1230. Uh, let's call it 1230 on Wednesday. We'll be talking golf for about 45 minutes to an hour, answering your questions. It's Q&A based. So hit that notification bell. You tap it, make it ring, make it look like it's ringing on YouTube. Uh, make yourself a little reminder or come over to YouTube and do that. Tap the notification bell if you're listening on the podcast. And that will let you know when we're going live on Wednesday. We have NBA content every single day this week, including live streams at 430 every single day, NASCAR and MMA content later in the week. So be sure to saddle up, get ready for all of this stuff. PGA, lovely time of the year right now as we're going to be starting to get some majors coming up. The Masters yet again, we just had it back in the fall and now we're going to be getting it yet again right now on its normal schedule back in April. So excited for all those things. We get some small field events. This is a cut event. Probably should have said at the beginning, but it is a smaller field. There's 123 golfers as of right now. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Sal Vetri. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you in the next one.